On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. I wanted to play you an interview that we conducted during the week, which raises an interesting question. Should there be two dolls? Now, a lot of you listening this morning might think that one doll is quite enough, quite frankly, and that you don't think that there's space to have another one. But if you think about the work that the doll does and the ability to do that work, you might argue that maybe the doll doesn't work as efficiently as it could. And certainly the Count Corla thinks that there might be some better ways to organise the affairs of TDs, including effectively sitting in two places at once. So earlier in the week, I sat down with the Count Corla and I started by asking him how exactly you could get more done without having more hours in the day. Well, first and foremost, we had this matter looked at by uh, an independent forum that was formed here in the Houses of the Rockless in 2021. Uh, people from uh, NGOs, people with interest in politics, former and current serving politicians. And they came up with a set of 51 recommendations as to how we could run our business more, more efficiently. One of the most interesting of those was that we should open a second chamber and that that second chamber could accommodate a business that could happen contemporaneously with sittings of the doyle itself. So you would in effect be having two doyles running in parallel? We would be having the doyle proper happening in the doyle chamber and we would have had the doyle in committee running in the second chamber here in Leinster House. We travelled uh, earlier in the summer to Westminster to look at how something similar is being done in the House of Commons uh, where they have Uh, a hall off the Great Hall of Westminster where they transact 16 hours of parliamentary business. Uh, I believe that we could do it here, that we could do it differently uh, and that it would reduce the pressure of late night sittings which are not good by, by any stretch of the imagination. You don't make good decisions when you're tired in the early hours of the morning. It is not fair to members and staff uh, to keep them here until late hours. But in addition to that, you could do far more business by having this simultaneous sitting where in the second chamber uh, at the Doyle in committee could process business that is non-votable. So anything that doesn't require the prospect of 160 TDs to be in the chamber at once, you could do in this smaller room and then get two things done at once? Yes, I envisage you could do Taoiseach's questions, you could do all ministerial questions, you could do some statements and debates, and you could do uh, the second stage debate on some legislation. This is not about um, being able to close down the place early and get out of here. It's about being able to maximise the amount of work that we can do and leave at a manner that allows the people who work here, whether they're civil servants, journalists, politicians or political workers, a, a, a decent quality of life where they get home at least in the evening to be able to put their kids to bed. Do you think that that is a reasonable prospect? Do you think you'll get buy-in effectively, is what I mean, from all the stakeholders, from the government, from political parties? Because I'd imagine they might say, first of all, well, you have to go and furnish a new chamber and they won't be too pleased about the idea of having to do all of that. But secondly, in practice, don't a lot of government departments secretly like that there is seen to be relatively little time available and that they like rushing legislation through late in a session because it means that it can't be scrutinised the way they might fear? Well, now, I wouldn't be so cynical as to agree with that, but another part of me would suggest that maybe, maybe you're right. But the truth of the matter is 
that we have a responsibility to the people we represent to adequately and properly and thoroughly scrutinise legislation. So if we can find a method whereby legislation can get the level of scrutiny here that it deserves and warrants and that the public require it to have, then that's something we should do and that's something the second chamber uh, would uh, provide for. Now, you raise the question about kitting out a chamber. It, 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 certainly there's going to be a cost involved in that. I have no idea yet what that cost would be. But that is a cost that will have to be spread over the decades in which that chamber would function uh, as, as a parliamentary chamber where the business of uh, the legislative business of the houses was tr- transacted. So I think whatever cost would be involved, it will be managed and controlled, but it would be minimal in the cost in terms of the, 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 the importance of the work that, f- that falls to be done. You're holding a symposium in Dublin Castle on Tuesday where you're going to discuss the, the idea of prospectively fleshing out that idea, having a second chamber to make the hours more workable. You also want to make the Oireachtas a more diverse place. Maybe I mean cynical again. Isn't there an obstacle there in that if you want TDs to have a discussion around making Dáil Éireann more representative, it's almost like asking turkeys to vote for an elongated Christmas because they're kind of put themselves out of a job. Uh, look, I mean, well, what's interesting about this symposium next Tuesday is that it would include some TDs and senators, uh, but would include, I hope, large members of civic society, NGOs, uh, representatives of local authorities and of political parties uh, from around the country. So we'll have a diverse group uh, looking at the whole business of democracy, because this is what this is about. This is about how does our democracy work? And the truth is, Gavin, if we look around the world, we see upheaval. We, 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 we see uh, volatility in so many places. Democracy can never be taken for granted. And if democracy is going to, be, is going to work, it has to A, be nurtured, and it has to, in its manifestation, elect people that accurately reflect the population that exists in the area. Now, you walk down the street out there, you walk down Kildare Street, and you look at the faces you'll see, and then you come in and you sit in the chamber and you look at grey-headed old guys uh, like me with dark suits on, and you'll see that there's quite a diversity between what's inside in Leinster House and what's out there on the street. And that's why we, we... it's been frequently, frequently said we need more women. We desperately need to have more women involved. But we equally desperately need to have more young people who bring their modern, new uh, ideas, their idealism, their passion, their drive. And we need to have the new Irish visible here. I'm not convinced that we're electing enough people in this country that come from challenging and disadvantaged backgrounds. And I think we need to... We're, we're not like the United States. We're, 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 we're not a country, thank God, where privilege will lead to your election. But I still don't think that we're seeing the less privileged and the more marginalised adequately represented here. There's, there's sort of two issues with those goals not, uh, you can't do anything about, which is that you have to be an Irish or British citizen to run for election to the Dáil Éireann. But then, even for all the other groups, for, for people from marginalised communities or younger people or people who now have Irish citizenship but have are different ethnic backgrounds, they are all entitled to run for office, and in fact many of them do. 
they just don't have the same level of success. So what can you do to change public minds to make those people more electable? No, I, I, I think it's not the public mind we need to change. We need to change the party political minds. We need to convince the parties that they need to go out and actively seek. The quotas have forced them to seek more women candidates. And that has helped and the situation has improved. But my God, it's a long way to go. And the 40% quota that will exist at the next election will help. But there are no quotas around young people and there are no quotas around disadvantage and there are no quotas around the new Irish, many of whom are citizens and are proud citizens. If quotas have been somewhat successful in having better female representation, then are quotas the way to go for minorities or age? I, I don't think that quotas would be as readily or as easily implementable in the area of age or or diverse communities, be they uh, new Irish or or disadvantaged. But what I do think is that the political parties and communities indeed, not not just political parties, but communities need to get involved in actively encouraging these people to come forward. And do you know what? There's no reason why a young person can't become involved in community activity and work their way up. Because they have a responsibility as well. And part of what this seminar uh, is about is talking to these communities. Not talking about them, but talking to them and talking to the young people and talking to women and saying, look, you guys can do something about this yourselves. In the fullness of time, how would you like to see a good outcome from Tuesday manifesting? What, what does it look like? Is it parties going away and deciding that they themselves will go and nurture younger or more diverse fields of candidates? Uh, or, or how exactly, what would success look like? I think we're in a process. We had the Family Forum report, 51 recommendations. We're working on that. This is an, another staging post in, in the process. What would be a success for next Tuesday? Yes, if the political parties copped themselves on and said, look, we have to really put additional energy into seeking out the categories of people that we're identifying. And God knows, no matter whether you're disadvantaged, whether you're one of the new Irish, whether you're a woman or a young person, there are mighty issues out there uh, that you can be passionate about and that you can campaign on. With the best will in the world, everyone would like politics and decision-making to be more representative of the public that are out there. But when it comes to within political parties, and you were a long-standing member of one of them yourself, so you sort of know how this works, there tends to be this idea, well, hang on, I've been around for long enough now, it's my turn to get my name on a ballot paper, I want to run for the county council, I want to run for Air, and I want to get a Shannon nomination. The longer-standing members feel like it's their time. There's going to be a natural obstacle there. I, I, I think, Gavin, in truth, the time has passed when parties had any sentimentality in terms of how they dealt with their membership. I think the experience of the last decade or more showed that parties are utterly ruthless uh, in how they deal with people who are seeking to be candidates and that they will only nominate people who have the potential to be elected. The point I'm making here is the categories of people that we're talking about at the symposium on Tuesday have the capacity. They need a little G up. They need a little bit of encouragement. And I'm calling on the political system to wake up and to do just that. Ken Corla, Sean O'Friel speaking to me a little earlier in the week about his plans to make the Oireachtas a more diverse place and also more efficient by having a second doll chamber operating in parallel to the first. On the record with Gavin Riley. Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PWC. Great minds think unalike. 
different skill sets, diverse opinions, it all adds up to the new equation on News Talk.